I'll do the right thing and slate you this way. Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Let's clap together. <laughs> sometimes we don't slate well enough. And I, I think sometimes I must put your people through hell. Um, so, um, Alan Howe joining us today on Real Insight. Uh, it's, it's cool that you're here because you're the guy that, that produces this thing. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped to be here. Like I so been working with you and Dan um, for the last oh, I think the last eighteen months to two years or something like that. Be about that. Mm. Yeah, and to actually like now be in the room where all the the magic happens and everything else. So it's really cool to be here. And yeah, no, thank you for having me. That's right. This will be um, episode nine, uh, which I didn't go. even think I'd get to, but uh, here we are, <laughs> episode nine. We're not far from from double digits, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Alan, I guess today's session, I really want to. Uh, open up and explore the world of content creation. Yeah. Um, and in particular, uh, the stuff that I've liked to really draw on over the past few weeks with guests that I've had is, you know, how does this stuff rely um, or relate to, I should say, to, to modern business? Yeah. Right? A lot of people um, aren't creating content and yep. should be creating content. Yeah. Um, what, what does that look like in that space? Yeah, for sure. So, I think what people are realizing, especially with um, technology, AI, and all the other things that are, you know, our world is seeing right now, um, it's even more important to have that human to human connection. Like, this is like even the difference between me being face to face with you here instead of like over a Zoom call or whatever, there's more emotion. You mm. can read my body language a lot more. Um, and I think, you know, with social media content, it's the next, it's it's another way of building relationships online with people face-to-face mm. -face and, and things like that, specifically with the work that we do. Um, there's obviously lots of different types of video content that you can do, but the, the stuff that we really focus on is really connecting humans to humans and obviously that's business businesses and business connections um maybe that's clients referral partners whatever the case is and it's really just an extension of that relationship and yes you can you know do different videos to maximize and build new relationships um and a whole range of other things and there's more that i can obviously get into when it comes to like content and how we structure it and all those other things but yeah that's that's the the preface that we look at is making sure that above and beyond algorithms social media platforms which can change very quickly and get very confusing we want to make sure that at the end of the day you're building either new connections or you're building stronger connections with your your existing clients and and partners and and so on mm. For people that are new to this whole ecosystem and let's say, for instance, they're just not, they're not aware of where to start or what to do, is it enough these days to pull out the iPhone, point it at you and just start? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I think um, <clears throat> I will always recommend people just try um, and and go out and do it, um, you know, and this will like what can sometimes happen here as well is obviously depending on the size of the business, um, you know, you've got different hierarchies and and sometimes different elements that are at play like, you know, um, personal like 
having personalities within a huge organization like a bank mm. um, can be very, very difficult um, because of the legalities that people have to like that you have to get past and whatnot all the way through to a solo business owner. It's a lot easier because they're the, they're the business owner, they're the HR manager, they're the PR person. There's no shareholders yeah, to worry about upsetting. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I have started to notice, even with one of the big banks, um, is that I've noticed, I've, I've actually caught um, them doing video content very much like the way that we do it. And, mm. and I'm, it's, I'm really like, it, it makes me realize that we're like, not only are we onto something for the smaller businesses that we work with, but those larger organizations are really paying attention to the human to human relationship that is at play and that. Um, as much as you have a bank and an organization and all those other things that that human to human connection is the thing that keeps you in business and it needs to be an important important element to your marketing, especially if you're someone who really values your clients, your customers, your partners and mm. so on as well. So, Do you think that's become so much more important after COVID? I think it's always been important and I think, yeah, but absolutely, I think COVID's reiterated it. Um, the importance <coughs> of, you know, people being yeah. around people oh, and connecting with people. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that obviously COVID's taught us a few different things, um, you know, um, even like for me, one of the reasons why I think we actually started working with you guys well, it would have been through COVID. Probably was. Um, and hence one of the reasons why I wasn't here initially was because I couldn't get down here because of the lockdown. Because where are you? I'm I'm based on the central coast in New South Wales. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm down here doing some filming and yeah. some other bits and pieces. But um Yeah, I didn't know whether you were New South or, yeah, or Brizzy. Yeah, so um just up north of Sydney, in between Sydney and um Newcastle. Mm -hmm. And um <clears throat> and so yeah, so as a result of COVID, that's why we were able to like bring someone, bring a local videographer here, utilize our system and the, and what we do and all those other things as well. Um, so there's obviously lots of changes that have happened and, and lots of different things. But, yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? It's driving that sort of that human connection to your point. And I guess that's you know what inspired me to start this thing. Yeah. I worked in radio for many years and I just enjoy talking to people, particularly about things they're passionate about. You know, that's that's the thing that turns me on. And yeah. so having these conversations is a joy for me. Yeah. Um, I don't consider it work. Sometimes I feel a bit guilty that, you know, I get to, to do, <laughs> do a, this. a bit yeah. of a podcast too because it's good fun. Yeah. Um, when people are thinking of taking to putting together some video yep. content, what do you consider to be the most important things in designing a message? Yeah. Um, what do you need to get across? Beautiful. All right. So there's, this is a really good question. And typically what we will do whenever we start working with someone is we want to focus on four key elements of, um, of a brand and, a, and, and their message and their goals and, and things like that. Um, and so we break it into four different video types and typically it doesn't really matter what the, um, what the end goal is, whether it is um, to generate more sales, like more inbound sales, whether that's to you know build stronger relationships and, and keep people on board, whether it's for hiring or whatever the case is. When it comes to video marketing, we use these four key um, types of videos. So the first one is conversational, exactly what we're doing right now, a very free-flowing open conversation. You can really tell a lot by someone's body language, their pitch, their tone, their volume, 
the pauses, mm. all those other things mm. um, that plays a big part. Um, then you have educational content. So this is effectively talking about your space, your industry, um, and the things that you're an expert in and effectively building authority without saying I am the authority. Mm. Um, it's, it's just implied because you're consistently talking about the thing. Um, so that's the educational part that can obviously come in short form and long form content, very much like, again, what we're doing here. Um, and then the, we've got results and social proof. So this can come in the form of case studies. This can come in the form of testimonials. This can come in the form of um, reviews and all those other things. And then the last one is what we call call to action type videos. So this can be anywhere from, you know, I, I was just filming for a real estate agent earlier today um, and we're creating him what's called a, um, a profile video for his realestate.com.au profile um, all the way through to, you know, um, we work with some physiotherapists in um, they have a few different offices in Grafton, in the Gold Coast and a couple of other places and they're doing, they wanted to put together a video to help promote, you know, hiring new therapists and health professionals and things like that all the way through to video ads, landing page videos in that sort of section. So there's a wide variety there um, and that's sort of our system. So it's our, our system that we call the Mirror of Town Method anyway mm. Um, that we break down those four different types of videos. So whenever we're going to film with someone, we typically content batch a whole bunch of videos into those four categories. And typically, I have well, for the most part, that's why someone comes to work with us anyway, is, is we sort of work within those parameters. Yep. So, yeah. So you're a total house as far as someone that wants to um, come up with a particular go-to-market strategy. Are they, are they then um, – working alongside you, here's what we sort of want to achieve and you're building that roadmap for them. Yeah, so the big headline that we're known for is creating six months worth of video content and filming in two days. Oh, good. And yeah, and so did you not know that? No. Nah. No? Nah. So that's our big headline is create six months worth of video content, film it all in two days. Um, so it's everything from, you know, scripting out the videos, um, you know, going through, um, filming on location, editing the videos and then publishing it to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok um, on someone's behalf. And then obviously as you're experiencing, we then also do elements of podcasting. Um, we've got different clients who do events and things like that. We cover events and then create like a like using the four different categories that I just mentioned where we've got a variation of different types of video pieces that are going out on a consistent basis mm. over, you know, over whether it is the initial six months, but a lot of our clients stay on um, where they're seeing, obviously seeing the value and all those other things as well. So, yeah. You touched on a word there that I like to always uh, capitalise on and that's consistency. Absolutely. Is, is this a consistency game? Hell yes. Yep. And so I was literally watching a video from um, Mr Beast. Um, for those who don't know who Mr Beast is, he's the, uh, the biggest what, guy on the, the internet. He's pretty, <laughs> probably the biggest YouTuber. Um, I think it was, it was between him and uh, – Pootie Pie for a while, <laughs> yeah, I think, and it was go. always they were like, yeah, yeah. It was the but, most subscribers. But mo majority of his videos are now getting more views than the Super Bowl at halftime, mm. just on a regular basis. And so he, one of the things I was watching this video, it might have been a couple of days ago, he said, "Don't," <laughs> he goes, "Don't talk to me until like, don't talk to me about views or anything to do with your YouTube channel until you've published a hundred videos," mm. and. 
the emphasis that he's trying to put in is there is so much that you've got to learn over that course of a period of time. He's obviously talking about YouTube, but it's it's the same across the board. There's so much that you learn over a course of a period of time through trying, executing, revising, um, you know, trying different ways, adding different creativity, you know, things like that. Like even before we started, you mentioned like, you know, I, I when we first spoke, you were super pumped and create like excited about the podcast. And now I'm and, over it. And then it, it, it does get to a point where it's like it becomes hard, it does. right? Yeah. And um, that's where I am now. Yeah. It becomes really hard because not only have you got like when the pressure of work or life or whatever, whatever's going on, it does become really, really hard. And so trying to keep it all up and and trying to, you know, manage it all can be very difficult. And that's why a lot of people work with us is we'll come in for a single day once every three months typically um, and film a whole stack of content um, plus, you know, work with, we work with a whole range of different coaches, consultants, people in property, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, we'll sort of slice and dice some of their existing content up, their testimonials, their events, um, just cover a whole bunch of stuff and, and pretty much do all the heavy lifting when it comes to like the editing, the strategy, the publishing, all those other things. Um, and then checking on a regular basis anyway. So yeah. Yeah. All the stuff that <clears throat> is, is the, the troubling bit for me, some, and I have ADHD. Yeah. So this is perfect for me to, um, not want to do what I struggle with. It's. I can get in here and I can, when I have to pull that SD card out, yeah. extract the files, convert the files and then do my final, cause I'm an audio yeah, yeah. guy. So I'm, I'm pedantic about the, yeah. I got to try and do my final audio mix. Yeah. That'll take me a week. Yeah. It's a five minute job, but it'll yeah. take me a week to get it done. Yeah. Um, and it is because I'm at the point now where it's hard. Yeah. Right? So the buzz of doing a podcast has yeah. worn off and now I look at the the views and I'm like, oh yeah, 40, 50. Yeah. I'm expecting oh, by the yeah. third week I'll have 10 million views on yeah. each video. It doesn't happen that way, no. does it? It's nah. it's one of those things that um, two, three years, you know, then maybe. I think um, I think it all comes down to your goals and and what you're looking to do and achieve. Um, because realistically, it's not going to like. There's going to obviously be an outcome that you're looking for, whether it is views, whether it is subscribers, whether it is um, for some businesses, like I'm going to be publishing content in order to generate more revenue or better trust or better conversions with our sales process, whatever the case is, right? Mm. And you, you there, there are different metrics that you will have to measure and track and all those other things. But with video content and with, I guess, branding in, in general, it's one of those things where it's sort of like um, – you can't directly correlate the value of, you know, building a relationship online through video content. It's just one piece of a big puzzle, your big marketing puzzle. And so it's interesting because um, without being, you know, too down on it, what it's a, it's a very important part and it can play a, v- a very vital part to building trust, um, but it's also not the thing that's going to get you across the line. Like a good video ad used within a good campaign with good copy, with a good landing page and all this other stuff can make you a lot of money. Um, and it's one, but it's one element of a whole system. And so it's really just understanding um, for me, uh, the, the the one thing that I will draw back on is 
what feels fun for you, what does feel good for you? Because when it, when it's focusing on the process rather than the outcome, whether that's views, whatever the case is, it becomes much more of a joy mm. of like I can tell now that we're here, now that like, you know, you're enjoying this conversation, you're picking up things. This and, is the and stuff that I love. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is the part that I love. I don't love any of the other stuff. And again, yeah. because I worked in radio, I never had to worry about any of the yeah. other stuff because it's live. And yeah. when you walk out of the studio, that's it until yeah. next week. Um, but now there's a whole bunch of other stuff yeah. that needs to go on, which is why I need people like you in yeah. my life because I can't be bothered doing it. Exactly. Exactly right. So anyway, um, what I'd suggest is is focusing on the joy of the process, the mm. joy of the creativity um, because that's naturally where everything's going to come from. If you walk in, like if you – like especially if we were going to film together – and your intentions is to just simply grow your views and your followers and all those other things, which naturally will happen, but it won't happen particularly in the way that you think it will happen in the way of finding finding the thing, finding the flow, finding the creativity, and and then continuing to build from that point. Because that you've also be. and you've also got that the amazing thing that happens with the internet these days is something going viral. And yeah. that can be anything. Like Absolutely. that can be something that you weren't even prepared for. I watched a clip the other day of a guy who um he had like a, a hundred or a thousand viewers on TikTok and then yeah. he just did this little short reel of him blowing up blue balloons in his hallway. Yeah. And it went from one thousand to a hundred thousand followers, like in yeah. two days or three yeah. days or something. We have some really funny anomalies. Like there's a there's a client of ours who she's a female and she's in the property space. She f- filmed a whole bunch of content with us, and and there was one particular video. Like she's she's getting ranging around the thousand views, and one video got up to ten thousand views. I was like, oh okay, I'm keen to know what this video is, mm. and I watched it. I was like. I can't tell the difference. And then I watched and then I watched it a few times and the only thing that I can put it down to is <laughs> at the beginning she goes, "Oh." And then she answered the question. She made like this funny like this like almost like a <laughs> Uh, like yeah. noise and so i don't like that is the only thing the only thing that i can put it down to like with the comparison to the other videos so there's there's things that like at the very beginning that you can do hooks and all this other stuff um but it's quite fascinating anyway well particularly when you're in the reels space or the short space right because now we're talking about 30 and 40 second pieces of content that are infinite so what have you got you've got the first two or three seconds to grab enough attention for someone to not swipe away on that reel that's the stuff that my brain can't i'm not from yeah. Like I came from a world where, <clears throat> um, you know, professional musician and struggling with the concept of I want to write music but I have to conform it to three and a half minutes because if I don't it won't make it to radio. Yeah. Well, three and a half minutes seemed like a really short time to be creative. Well, now yeah. that's been condensed right down to, you know, 30, 40 seconds. Um, how do we make something appealing with such a short time frame yep. and with everyone's attention spans being that of goldfish these days. Yeah. I think it, it all comes back to one, having like having good intentions. And what I mean by good intentions is when you are focused on the process of creativity and, you know, whether it's creating video content to build better relationships or to just add enormous, enormous value um, and, almost like a, 
a a giving to like a serving like service first mm. service first like you think about any top mr beast right he gives a lot of stuff away like houses for a dollar or yeah. you know some really really like he gives unbelievable value in some, like and he's then learned how to like um, Storytell and all those other things to make sure that his videos are getting the views and the the, the, the um, make sure that there's people are staying on and all those other things. So this is where I would suggest that it's just giving enormous value. Mm-hmm. Like really, there's a book. There's a really good book um, called Contagious, and um, I would highly recommend it. It's um, it, they basically did a study uh, around like what makes things go viral, what makes things pick up and go and, and things like that. And the the simple answer that I can I can give or the summary from that book is when people have light bulb moments or it really impacts their value system, they will like click. Like so if you if you um, like if there's something that's really something that really catches like that you are infuriated by or feel unjust or whatever the case is, um, you will go down a rabbit hole because it's hooked you on your feelings. Um, it's the same where you you have a light bulb moment from someone. It's like, you know, this might be a problem or something that you're trying to solve and, and they explain it in a one, two, three step process and you're like, oh, wow. Like, and if you can get that, oh, wow moment, at the end of your videos, at the end, you know, those are the sort of things that business owners and we really try to help business owners with during the process as well. But I think above and beyond all of those things, the foundation needs to be like having fun and creativity. That that's And being authentic. Yeah, it's absolutely. important to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you get into all this? So good question. I um I actually started uh, so when I left school I did a graphic design course, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, I I was doing a few different part time jobs, and I just I was I enjoyed the concept of it, but I just I didn't definitely did not have the business acumen that I do today. And um, anyway, the long and short of that was I ended up getting into the corporate world. Um, working for a big bank, uh, working in insurance um, and then moved to a big bank. Um, but whilst I was there, I actually tried to launch an iPhone app. And oh, that wow. was Yeah, it was a big flunk. Like mm-hmm. I borrowed 20 grand. Um, I didn't do all the marketing and the testing and all the other things I, like that I should have or that I worked out and learned about after I launched it. So I launched this app. It was a massive flunk. That was if you will, my university degree or my degree in marketing and all the things that I should have done. I learned so much after I launched. What, what was the app? Yep. So it's called, I called it the fire app. Yeah. So this is about 10 years. Oh, this was maybe even 12 years ago. It was when apps were like the thing, the iPhone came out, apps were. It was the next yeah, gold rush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was into a lot of um, personal development stuff through a guy named Tony Robbins. Yep. And um, Tony Robbins, I was reading a lot of his stuff and he was talking about goal setting. So I thought of this really cool idea of creating this app where you can track your goals and put it into different categories, whether it's family or health or money or whatever the case is. And it's like a really cool, almost like a little um, and have like a little vision board and all this other stuff. Mm. And I built this app um, using my graph design skills. I built this app. I paid someone, you know, um, to code it and all those other things. 
And it wasn't until I launched it and like my friends and family, like it was, I was like, yeah, all the right. Like, and then um, no one wanted to, like, it just wasn't picking up. And I was like, okay. And then, so I went and spoke to some people. They said, you need to redesign it. You should have, you know, gotten some people to test it. I was like, oh, okay. And I could have, I learned then I could have had, I paid 200, I could have paid $200 to get it tested mm. and then, you know, do all this stuff. And before needing to do revisions and this, that, the other, I could have done all of that before I even laid a dollar down. Um, and so I learned all these different things about marketing. Um, and after that point, it actually really got me down. I was mm. sort of like, it was the first time I tried something that I was really passionate about. And I got really upset because I, didn't work out mm. and it was sort of like in my mind it was the it was the thing that was going to take me out of the corporate world like to do what I want to do and all this other stuff um and then you know a few years passed and I'm like sort of doing my graph design stuff um and then um the year I turned 30 so that year I turned 30 um and my second child was born Oscar in June and um I still remember the day <coughs> I still remember the day he the day after he was born, I was sitting on my couch and like most fathers, you're looking into your child's eyes and you're like, I want to do, I want to be a better man for you, right? So from that point, I then, I was like, all I know is that I want to work for myself mm -hmm. and I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it would be doing. I just know that I've got graphic design skills. I can make things and design things. So I got to work in like in my role, um, I started, I got to work on a, like a work from home sort of role so that I could work from home and start to build a business in the background. And so for the following 18 months, I was just doing anything and everything to make money through um, logos, business cards, every anything and everything. And then um, over a course of a period of time, I was doing some filming, like I was doing social media marketing I was doing some filming like with my phone and, and some other stuff. And then I got a gig with a real estate agency 18 months later, which I then left my full-time job. Um, that was really cool. And then through my experience with the real estate agency, I learned that's where I started to really find my groove in video. Mm. And at that point, I still didn't have a camera. I still didn't have anything. I was still using my phone, little gimbal and other things. I borrowed my, like, so for the real estate agency, I borrowed my uncle's, uh, my father-in-law's camera first. But it was always the thing. It was the thing that I loved and enjoyed the most. Um, I really enjoyed the process of, you know, bringing the very best out of people um, and that's where, yeah, it's, it's slowly just built. I, I slowly obviously worked more and just focused more on that area. Um, and then, so, yeah, so we've been operating now for just short of five years mm. since the end of, since the beginning of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and, um, that's where it all started anyway. So, yeah. It's ballsy. I reckon I'm one of those people that should have worked for myself, yeah. but I know that I can't. Yeah. Um, I'm a great number two yeah. and I could never be a number one. And it's because you need so much personal drive 100%. to make this happen, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm the guy, again, it's part of my condition, but I'm the guy that will find a million excuses not to do anything. It's just <laughs> the way that I am. Yeah. Um, and so I, 
I've always flirted with the idea of running my own business. And when I was a musician, <clears throat> like you, you're doing you that. Much on, are, yeah, but yep. you don't have anything else to do yeah. because you're just a muso. So yep. like as long as you can make your three or four hundred bucks a week to pay for yeah. your two minute noodles, it's fine. <laughs> but when you want to turn it into a career and yeah. um, and that's one of the things for me where it's like this is probably as close as I'll get now to yeah. you know entrepreneurial stuff. <clears throat> because I just love it, you yeah. know, and I just do it because I love it. And I don't get involved in the views or anything too much because yeah. that'll kill you. Like yeah. that's the thing that becomes the thing that stops you. Yeah, 100%. And just on that, like I I think it's even to note like where, where you do draw the line, like even recently I, um, I realised that um, I didn't have like a – I didn't really have a clear direction on where I wanted to take the business. Um, all I knew is that I wanted more sales, more growth, more, you know, more everything, right? And it was actually earlier this year that I took a moment to go, you know what? Um, we have some incredible, incredible clients on our books and I love the work that we do. And the more that I grow, the more complex it becomes, the more team that we need to bring on and all these other things, which is not a bad thing. Mm. But for me, um, I, I, I sort of got to this point where I was like, you know what, I picked like I've, I've got a number and I've stuck to that number and we now have a limited capacity as to who we do and don't take on. Um, and basically the long and short of it is by having that number there, it's given me so much more confidence to say no, like respectfully to projects and things like that. But it's also given me real perspective to, it's given me the opportunity to sort of um, remove a lot of the fluff, remove a lot of the things that we don't need so that we can continue to focus on the thing, the relationships and, mm. and things like that. And there was a part of me, like, even though that sounds very sensible and everything else, it's, there was a part of me that was like, you know, I could potentially take this business to the US and I've explored all of those things to the US, to other countries and, like, grow it and scale. Like, I've been told by many different people, like, you can scale this, you can grow this. And I do, I completely agree, but I've gotten to a point now where I'm not interested in any of that. Like I really love and enjoy my life. I yep. really love and enjoy the capacity that I do have. Um, yes, there's some things could change and, and everything else, but for the most part um, it's I'm happy to be a nice boutique business and keep the clients that we do and um, and just continue, like just continue. I want to go from like just being good to great, you know, just and almost go into that mastery mm. element um, before even considering to take on more clients and, and things like that as well. So, yeah. And I really love that point because we're in this spot at the moment, particularly in social media for, for the younger folks, it's this thing of entrepreneurship yeah. and be a millionaire and yeah. grind. Figures, and eight figures, eight figures, yeah. yeah that's, and it's just like we've got this culture now. You've got to work yourself to craziness so yeah. that you can have money. That point that you made is also another point that I'm coming to in my life where it's like, particularly around success, right? Like I, I grew up in a, not a, not a wealthy house. So yeah. We weren't poor, but yeah. but my mum was single and had to make ends meet. Um, and it's the difference between getting to a point in your life where you define what success looks like as yeah. opposed to I just want to be successful. Because the issue that people come up with, if you don't have a, a, a place to measure yourself and what your success looks like, well, you get to the point where most people would consider yeah. you to be very successful and you're still like, I'm nothing, I've done yeah. nothing, I haven't achieved anything. 
Um, so you've got to put those goals in so that you know, well, hang on, I'm here. Yeah. And now that I'm here, I'm actually cool with it. Yeah. Like I don't need to go there because yeah. I'm, I'm okay with, with this level. Um, yeah. I think that's something that most people need to really reassess themselves yeah. on yeah. Um, because if you don't have an, an end goal, yeah. You never reach contentment. Well, it's it's not just an end goal. It's it's knowing what you actually want. And for the most part, like if you'd asked me the same question last year, I probably would have said, oh, I know exactly what I want. But I think um, this year I'm even clearer on it. Like I'm even clearer on what is the thing. Because when you're clear on the thing, there's still like there's still much more that we have to do and much more. But I've just I've eliminated um, distractions and fo- like I've like I now do all my sales and marketing and obviously you know and still involved in the business, filming and other aspects. And so in the past we've had a salesperson, we've had other people, um, and not to say that you know all of these people are bad or anything like that. It, we've just removed those things now that we don't need to consistently be worrying. Like that we've got plenty of people still inquiring, asking, we're still running ads Mm. because I still see the value in keeping a consistent message and having a wait list and other things as well. But um, for the most part, yeah, just when you know what it is that you're actually working for, like for me, the most valuable thing is I don't, oh, I think the cliche thing to say is balance, but the, the, the easier way of saying it is the enjoyment of working and getting to spend time with my family and and being passionate about both things. And as long as that's happening and I'm constantly working towards my health and my fitness, which I've got a little bit of work to do still, but for the most part, as long as my like my in, like my my family's happy and healthy, our business is happy and healthy, the clients are happy and healthy, you know, that's that's what's important to me and I'm just slowly removing all the distractions to stay nice and focused. Mm, yeah. That's definitely what I've got to do a bit more work on. Yeah. Um because I have this thing of never being satisfied and and sort of always thinking that there's Comes room with ADHD. for more it does. 100% it does as well as you know to your earlier point where you talk about um people getting stuck into views and worrying yeah. about how the content's being received. ADHD people with um, rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, which yeah. is another thing that I'm blessed to have, yeah. um, has always been that thing which is it can sometimes stop you from trying something because you've already imagined people are going to yeah. hate it. There's no way it's going to be received well, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I was only diagnosed this year. So yep. maybe four or five months ago now. Did you just get curious and, and want to go down that path and find out or what? how did you? So I always knew that there was something that wasn't exactly yep. normal with my brain. And it was just, it, I think the giveaway for me was the symptom of emotional dysregulation, okay. right? Sometimes I get really wound up about things yep. that no one would get wound up about. Yep. And that, that was repeating through relationships. It was yep. repeating through um, personal friendships and yep. things. Um, and I think ironically with reels you know a lot of reels were starting to pop up in my thread about you know adhd and what you may or may not know about it and some of the things that you consider to be symptoms that that you didn't know were symptoms yeah i'm like "Ah, drawing all the dots together and so i thought i better go and get this thing checked out yeah um and it turns out yeah i was diagnosed adhd with uh um so there's a factor number that they give the impacts of the um, of the symptoms, which was a nine out of twelve for me, yeah, wow. which is pretty intense. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, you turn around and look back at your life, and, and you're it like, makes oh, sense. Shit. Yeah, yeah it makes sense, the yeah. amount of things. Um, 
because again, I was a musician for 12 years actively, did a a degree in music. I reckon I've completed maybe five or six pieces of music in my life. Yeah, wow. But I've got probably 5,000 unfinished pieces of music really? that sit in the studio still. Really? <clears throat> and sometimes I'll go and I'll tinker with one and I won't finish it and then I'll do it because it's all about until the dopamine wears off, Okay. then go to the next thing. Yeah. So that's something that for me in the last six months has been about redefining my whole life yeah, right. around knowing where to focus your attention because it's going to get to something yeah. and where not to focus it because it's just not going to work. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm renovating. <laughs> and yeah. I've got four rooms that are half done. <laughs> and every time I think, oh, I'll get this done today, and then I look at it and I'm like, I could put that there or that there, but what if I put that there? Yeah. And if I don't do that and I do it that way, and then I'm like, ah, I'm going out yeah, um, because my brain just can't deal with it. So that's been something for me that's been yeah, like a whole, yeah, a whole real new way of living. Yeah. But it's bittersweet because yeah. you also go, oh, if I'd known about this 30 years ago, maybe it would have been a bit different. Yeah. But it's just I, I love like I love this this talk because it's just more self awareness, more awareness around who you are as a person, mm. how you operate. Um, even to your point before, knowing that I'm happy to be the the second in charge, and there's even part of me that thinks like, would I be happy as a second in charge, and you know, and and all those other things. But the more awareness that you bring to whether it's you know um, things like ADHD or like I'm. Um, I do a lot of like I actually see a therapist, like a kinesiologist. I'm also working with a breathwork um, person, um, so called cathartic breathwork, and um, I won't go into it heaps and heaps, but it's effectively breathwork that's intentionally there to bring up stresses in the body and process like unprocessed stuff, mm. um, and so. Yeah, like I think as I've gone through some of those experiences and, and things like that, it's brought a lot more self-awareness to myself. And even I, I very much relate to what you're talking about, even like um, you talked about, you know, uh, emotions and, and, and feeling overwhelmed and all those other things. Like that's one of the things that I – why I had to leave the corporate world was because I – especially with the bank that I was with, um, I, I couldn't – operate in the political system that they had yeah. like you have to you or i don't want to say it's soulless but I, I i will definitely say that you have to be able to operate in a way that rem, like you almost don't have emotion to the decisions that you're making it's a sterile environment yeah yeah <clears throat> and I, I wear my heart on my sleeve way too much to not only like i, I was in a managerial role and i got quicks quick smart out of there because I just I yeah I I was all over the places but I was all over the place and realized that and um, the, some of the things that I'm talking about like the breath work and the therapy and and all a whole range of other things that I've done has really really helped me to understand that mm. um, and just know no things like how to work with what you do like so for example like I'm down here traveling so I'm here um, today, tomorrow, I'm doing a keynote in on Sunday morning and then I head back to pack home. And before I get home, there's a good chance that I'll go and stop at the beach before I even go and see my family. Yep. And it's my way of like almost grounding into my body and, and everything else. And just little aspects like that just are as a result of more curiosity into 
who you are as a person, yep. that self-awareness and, and aspects as well. 100% because, um, and the thing that I empathize with on all that is getting to know myself a bit better yeah. because I would just do things on repeat, you know, yeah. like because there's 40, like I'm 43 this year, I turned 44 later this year, um, and there's so much history and trauma and stuff that you've just not resolved that you go, oh, this is just me. Yeah. I always used to get the report card in primary school easily distracted, would do well if he applied himself, yeah. doesn't focus, is the class clown always yeah. seeking attention. I'm like, if you look at the symptoms for ADHD, yeah. that's like the top five. Yeah. So why wasn't anything done yeah. about it back then? Yeah. But now that I'm, I'm in that position where I'm, I'm getting to know myself a bit better, I think it's about knowing the things that you do that, that help the symptoms. Absolutely. For me, I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I, if my coach is watching, he's saying I don't train anywhere near enough because <laughs> I don't recently. Yeah. But that's one of those things where if I, if I step away from the regularity of that, yeah. I notice my mood start to fall. Um, I ride a motorbike for leisure. Yeah. You know, that's one of the, if I don't get out at least once a week, yeah. I notice my mood start to fall Yeah. because you've got to find the things that give you those little Absolutely. sparks of joy yep. and you have to also be okay with saying everyone that wants a piece of me yeah. can't have me this exactly. week. I've got to do what works for me. Absolutely. And that was always my biggest trip. I've got a question for you. Um, where does where does working on your music fall into that process for you? Do you find it as a joy thing or is it is it you have so much worked stuff that you've worked on that it, it becomes almost like an overwhelm of like I've got to get to it, I've got to – What's, what is it for you? I've got a very um, <clears throat> weird relationship with music and it is, it's based on a couple of different things. One is based on the fact that I always expected that I'd be bigger or better than I was, Yeah. you know, so, so there's a bit of um, not regret, but there's a bit of untapped talent. Yeah. I, I would yeah. like, I wish that I had gone harder, longer and achieved more. Um, I wish I knew then what I knew now. Like it's the difference of when I was coming up in music production or, or music creation, it was still very gatekeeper. So it was still about if you didn't have a record deal and you weren't signed to a label, nothing was happening. But I was never prepared to compromise my music creation to get the record deal. Um, where I sort of tapped out of that, I moved corporate when I was 28, um, just as I'd finished my, my degree and that was when corporate life sort of took over. So as far as, as making music, I'm always, so with the renovation, I'm, I'm rebuilding a studio and I'll get back in there and I'll do that sort of stuff. For me, the relationship with music was really about creativity. And fortunately, like this thing is a bit of that creative okay. uh, aspect for me. But I know that going back into making music is yep. going to be something for me that is a bit of a mental thing to cross particularly because I'll, I'll rebuild the studio yep. and then I'll just walk in there and stand there and be like, now what? Okay. Um, so some of that is about exercising some of these more recent demons and going, go in there and make music for the sake of making music. Don't go in there and think I've got to write this song for this yep. label, for this release, for this party. Um, and I think that's really what my life has become about in the past, call it like a year or two, has been reassessing the, what is it that makes you happy? Not what do you think is going to bring happiness? Yeah, I think that's the that. that's the thing for me. Because yeah. like you know, I'll be happy when. Yeah, I'll be happy if this happens. I'll be happy if that happens. Yeah, and then they don't happen. Yeah. Um. So you got to find other ways. Absolutely. And 
what you're talking about is really just a perspective of I'll be happy when, but like at the end of the day, if you're if you sit and look around at like you know even look around now, right? So you've got like a whole bunch of tech set up and and you're podcasting, and obviously you're working on your studio and all those other things, but having the perspective of you know like doing pretty good, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I, I am always trying to remind myself yeah. that that you know i think we all are yeah you you've done okay comparison is the is the thing the that thief of joy definitely and in yeah. today's society because you know again you're on social media i got this millionaire i got that millionaire yeah. i got this entrepreneur like all these it's like don't worry about that no. just just focus on what you're doing yeah keep a small collective community mm-hmm. um and and you know spend your time with people that you can impact 100% that's sort of the the thing 100% mm. yeah um, what's next for you then? So what's the, what's the next steps? Um, good question. Like I, I think, um, so for anyone who listens or watches, um, who follows the NRL, um, I'm a mad advocate, uh, a mad Penrith Panthers supporter and Ooh, the Panthers won the grand final. Yeah. One of my mates is a, a, a mad Broncos fan. He flew yeah. up there for that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it was obviously one of the greatest games to be there and feel the atmosphere. Oh, were you there? Yeah, I was oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, good. And um, it was really interesting. <laughs> there was actually a guy, there was a Bronco supporter who handed me some napkins. Um, as he sat down, he had a couple of beers under his belt, obviously, and um, he goes, that's for later. That's <laughs> And I <laughs> laughed and I was like, oh, here we go. And um, I held on to him because I was like, I'm going to give these back yeah. to him. And then... Um, <laughs> The the work like he was actually like the f- the funny thing was like well him anyway the moment that um two minutes to go he was already standing up and then the moment the buzzer went he he was off but I made sure I made eye contact I couldn't give him the napkins because I felt like I was gonna get bashed if yeah, I did yeah but I made eye contact winked at him but that day I seen grown men cry and everything. it was it was I I would have been probably in the exact same spot. Um, where was I going? What's next? So, how did I get on this tangent? This is I'm I'm the same. I just go on these <laughs> it tangents. Doesn't matter. It's a good tangent. Um, so what's next? Um, and by that I, I think I mean yeah, like what's happening with the business, but but yeah. but with you. No, what I was talking about is um, what I was about to reflect on is Nathan Cleary, right? So oh yeah, Nathan Cleary, the number seven. He he's done all these crazy things. There's probably much more that he can do in the Origin arena but he focused like i love reflecting on his journey it's very similar because he started in the nrl the same time i started in business and i as obviously a penrose supporter and someone who's watched him like really flunk and and like you know he there was a lot of expectation on him to initially start and he's now winning premierships and all this other stuff and i like to sort of reflect on you know, even him, he's been interviewed multiple times and he talks about I'm only just getting started, like I'm, I've just got so much more to do and it's like, mate, like what else do you have to do? Like you've won Origins, you've won, you, you've you've represented your country and 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 won, you know, the World Cup on, on behalf of Australia, you've won three premierships, you've won two, you know, all these things. But he knows himself that based on his levels, he's got this like – He's only here and he's he's still got much more to go. And mm-hmm. I, I know the reason I reflect and now I come back to this tangent is for me, 
this is where it really is just I feel like I'm, I want to enter into the mastery phase. Like I, I mentioned that I'm removing all these distractions and everything else and I really want to get into more of like creativity and really drawing out that creativity in the clients that we're working with and, and those sorts of things where the opportunities are, are there. So I don't know exactly what that looks like right now, especially for the for the finishing of this year. It's it's just getting a whole bunch of stuff done. Um, but there's there's so much that I've reflected on because I've gone so deep on my personal life. I've learned to also go really deep on my business and and the analytics and and what's working and what's not and 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 you know removing distractions and sticking and focusing on the thing. And um, so I. It's a boring answer, but um, in in short, it's basically I want to just get even better, mm. and that's yeah. I want to. I just want to capitalize on one little thing that you mentioned when you touched on analytics, um, and it'll take us back to the start of this podcast. You know, watching or, or, or producing content in order to get likes and views yeah, yeah. and those. But analytics is still a very valuable Absolutely. part of this, yep. right? Um, walk us through the intelligent decisions to make based on analytics and how they should feed future decisions? Good question. So I think you should sort of have, if you will, seasons, right? So a season or, or stretch or, you know, whatever you want to call it, this might be a period of time, whether it's two to three months where you're you're giving something a red hot crack. Um, And it might be for the intention of, whether it's views, subscribers, or whatever the case is. And so try something, like give yourself a good set of time, and especially when it comes to content, like giving yourself a good couple of months to see the difference between what was it like when I started, what is it like now, are the, are we meeting some of the objectives that we want to, um, are there any other things that are happening? Um, because... What I typically find, especially with, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with, it really is a good six to nine months before they really start to see the results of their social presence. Because when you, the first video you ever publish, it was all your friends and family like, oh yeah, go like, you know, and have all your friends and family like it and share it until you share the second video, like, yay. And then it wears down. Um, so the novelty of doing something new wears off, and then you're into the you're beginning to get into it's the, the grind. grind. Yeah, yep. I think the last podcast that we posted, it got like three likes or something. Yeah, so we're right in that spot yeah. now. And so you you just continue to work, you continue to go, and look, it's really just even for your podcast, right? So looking at it after the first ten and going, what are some of the things that we noticed? Even reflections on your time, like you know, the time that you have to spend fixing up the audio before you send it on, all these other aspects and and looking at it and going, okay, why did we start it in the first place? Am I still enjoying it? Um, Is it meeting the objectives and and things like that? And they're really good questions to, you know, really be asking when it comes to, you know, what do you do next? Where does it go? All those other things as well. Because at the end of the day, um, if the objective was, uh, yeah, and coming back, like if the objectives was just about views and all these other things, it's just going to be, it's there's ne- it's never ending, right? You, mm. you can start to work on getting better views and better likes and all these other things. But for me, I think wh- where I think 
the real, especially as someone who's not necessarily creating it yourself. Like your, what I mean by that is, you'll see creators like we talked about, Mr. Beast, and we all know like influencers and and different people in different things who create their own content. And they do so that like it's almost like a full-time job where they get to like review and 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 take on feedback and act on, act on those things very, very like quickly mm. and they're making changes and updates and things like that. And so when you're doing it more so through, um, you know, those, those filters and everything else, it, it, the feedback takes a little bit longer because you're still running a business, you're still keeping, you know, face and, and it's understanding – this is where we are. This is what we want to continue to do. We obviously want to continue to run our business, not become influencers. However, um, how is this reflecting on some of the goals and outcomes that we want to achieve? Is it getting close? Is it not? And it's just, yeah, it's obviously just asking some of those important questions. And mm-hmm. and then so a good example might be, all right, it takes you a week to do your audio, whatever the case is. Is that something that I really need to do? Is it something that I'm still happy to do? That may be a yes, it may be a no. Yep. Um, there may be other alternatives and it's just it's just looking at going, okay, is this something that I want to continue? Like do I enjoy it enough to keep grinding? Do mm. I just set in a date every whatever um, and just be very, very diligent? You know, lots of questions and lots of, yeah, just I guess reflecting on the important aspects of, of what – what the intentions were and and where you're at with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, for people that are doing content um, and they're active in that space now, when it comes to platforms, yep. are you seeing from a professional standpoint any platforms that are doing better or worse than others? Are there certain things that you have to be involved in? Is your approach be everywhere? Like what's so, the... Yeah, so I... Look, <clears throat> my um, approach isn't... Because of the businesses that we work with, the the most important factor that we get hired for is the time that we save someone. Mm. So like which is a natural thing once you're like obviously editing and doing all the different aspects and publishing, all those other things. Um, And so when it comes to, you know, platforms and all these other things, I like to focus more on the business outcomes because they're definitely like, you know, for example, TikTok has had enormous growth and it's one of the best places to still go viral on mm. different particular videos. LinkedIn is a great place to for business connections. Facebook has lots of Facebook groups, communities, things like that. Instagram is sort of like um, it's still a very, very visual place. YouTube is very keyword-centric, very, you know, um, entertainment-focused, obviously with YouTube shorts and all those Mm. other things, right? So each platform has almost its own dress code per se, you know, and you can look at one, you know, uh, that's potentially better than the other and all those other things. But I like to really focus on the business metrics and the business goals and where those business goals are and what what are some of the best platforms to be utilizing on those things. So I know I haven't necessarily answered your question. Um, no, nah, but it, it, it paints that picture because I'm confused about the whole thing. And again, it's like I, I try and watch and see what's going yeah. on out there and there's people that they might have 100,000 followers on Facebook 
and you post the video on Facebook, it gets 20 likes. But you yeah. post the same thing on Instagram and all of a sudden it's got yeah. 10 million likes. It's just yeah. is, is a bit of it that's sort of almost unpredictable, yeah. right? It is. And each platform has its like, so, you know, I just mentioned like, you know, each platform has its own dress code, mm. its own, you know, unofficial rules and, and guides and, and things like that. Some of, the, some of the platforms actually tell you what their recommendations are. Some of them don't. Um, and, you know, there's, there's people who are more popular on more platforms than others and, and things like that. And so especially for the businesses that we work with where they're not in the space of wanting to become a creator, not wanting to become an influencer, um, and attract brand deals, but more so, you know, monetize their message by just sharing educational content and valuable content and, and valuable pieces. I'd be looking and understanding what what's the purpose of us doing this in the first place, coming back to that question and then reiterating, okay, um, is there ways that we can um, grow this through our socials and through these different aspects and just continued it's just continuous improvement really mm. is the is the end question is the end um, piece that I'd suggest there yeah. yeah what about for a business owner um, that is and we'll use the example of a business that's sort of like yep. ours right so it could be a small to medium enterprise yep. business. 100 employees, yeah. they do about, you know, 15, 20 million dollars a year. Yeah. And they want to get into social media, but there's a fear. And the fear is the people. You know, we we want to try and get our people to be representative of our business. You know, there's always some yeah. some some favor in your people speaking yeah. the message, but then we're worried about they're going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. They're going to come across the what's the balance between letting people be themselves and reflect your brand? versus curating it and keeping everyone on task yeah yeah it's a big question isn't it um because it goes back to your earlier point where you're saying working in corporate when you work in corporate there's a certain amount of your personality that has to become yeah the business yeah you know you can't be all you absolutely yeah so so is there a way that we can empower our staff to you know to echo that message without there being too much risk I think so. I think, um, and and I think it's first of all having a conversation about one, what are our objectives, and then two, looking at like, does anyone want to buy into these objectives? Um, and you may not necessarily have the response that you want. Um, however, like if it's important, um, then it's just continuing to open up that conversation and, and lead by, like for me as a business owner, I'd be wanting to lead by example and things like that, um, you know. And so I, I think there's a, there's obviously a number of different factors, but I think it's there's a really big opportunity. Um, and as long as it feels authentic, and what I mean by authentic is it's not just one person leading the charge and saying everyone needs to now follow it's follow my dictatorship and and do this this and this mm. um whereas like you have you you just want like in the simplest way i can probably explain it you you just want your socials to be an extension of you and it needs and and where you can find those opportunities whether it's like capturing like even you know some behind the scenes stories or whatever the case is for instagram whether it's you know um interviewing some of your your, your team members and, mm-hmm. and having an open conversation um whether it's you know there's a there's um even just you know rewarding people and and just mentioning like um 
loyalty and then think like, you know, if you've got team members who have been on for, you know, five years or 10 years or whatever the case is, just recognizing them and publicly sharing it and, and bringing it's, it's, Things that are already happening, but finding a way to share it and extend it to your digital platforms is mm. probably the simplest way I can put it. Um, as we come to the end, I want to close with a question that would probably be simple to ask, a bit harder to answer. Yeah. Um, for the business owner that has never done social media and they want to do something, yep. what is the easiest thing for them to do starting now? Pick up their phone and hit record. Yep. And... Um, it can literally be anything. Like not everyone, not everyone is comfortable in front of a camera. Um, it may be, you know, it can even be writing. Um, you know, writing something that you're passionate about, um, or talking on a podcast and not turning the video on and things like that. I think it's it's just trying and executing. You know. Um, I know for me, when I first started, like one of the reasons why I got so into video was because it's really funny. I actually, I I had a huge fear of being on camera. Um, And it's one of the reasons why I was so passionate about helping other people is because I'd gone through that experience myself. Mm. And and I just like, I was so liberated, if you will, about this opportunity. And I was so fascinated by people who just have this natural camera presence and all these other stuff. And so for me, it was like this learning process of just wanting to get out and try things and and whatnot. So I think one, there needs to be that curiosity and two, that curiosity will take you to places, whether it is, you know, trying to share something online or starting a Facebook live and just talking about something. I think there sort of needs to, you need to have a drive or you need to have a reason why you're doing it. Um, But it, it's so simple. Like we have a, every single one of us has the ability to be able to do our own content and creativity and all those other things. Like as fancy as all this equipment is, um, you know, to get started, you, it's very, very simple. Like we've got, like we, you can record your voice, you can interview people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really just, just about doing it, right? Correct. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alan, Thanks so much for coming out today, man. This has been a ball. I reckon we've got to do this again. Um, We're going to have all your details in in the comments section. But quickly, (laughs) if people want to get in touch, where do they go? Yep. So our company is called Triple Effect. So it's uh, tripleeffect.com.au. Um, my name's Alan now, Alan How. <laughs> I can't even say my own name, Alan, A-L-A-N-H-O-W-L-E. So find me on Insta is probably the best place. Yep. Um, but thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for producing the show, buddy. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you guys. Um, it's been cool and, uh, and we'll do it again. Boom. Thank you. Thanks, buddy.